Hello and welcome to the Biz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for October 30th, 2007 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our team of Orlando experts, including Bob Barley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Majak. In this week's show, we'll talk about the top news stories on the Diz, including new information on who may have set off a pipe bomb at Downtown Disney back in July. Julie Martin has her next installment of Store Tours. This week, she takes us back to Epcot's World Showcase with a shopping trip to Morocco. I'm going to answer a listener email about spa services in and around Walt Disney World. And Kevin and John are going to tell us how they managed to get out of the Magic Kingdom for Halloween Horror Nights with, I'm not kidding you, 70 pounds of candy. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and your emails on this week's edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Now, I will not let John and Kevin tell us the story until later, and I didn't want to know about it before time. I am really dying to know how you guys got 70 pounds of candy. But until we get to that, let's do some housekeeping first. Um, our podcast meet for December 6th and the 13th. No, we don't have a confirmed venue yet. Just want to remind everybody that we are doing it. And uh, it will be that Thursday, those Thursdays, the 6th and the 13th. And we've got a lot of people. A lot of people are signed up for this. I'm really shocked at uh, how many people we've got coming. It's, it's going to be a really, really nice group. The more, the merrier. If you want to sign up, if you want to come say hello to us on either of those two dates, you can just go to the podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and just RSVP, let us know which date you want to attend and how many are going to be joining you so we can have an idea of how many people we need to uh, prepare for. The next thing I want to mention is that uh, we've got, well, let's hope it doesn't come near us, but Tropical Storm Knoll is in the Caribbean. It just uh, slammed into Haiti and did some, some good damage down there. And uh, while it's unlikely right now, it could pose a threat to Florida. Uh, the National Weather Service is projecting that it will skim the coast of Florida early Thursday morning, but move out to sea. And all of the current computer models have the storm missing Florida, but we've seen that before. And whenever there's a tropical storm in the Caribbean, um, we start getting pretty nervous what worries here. me is that it's it's going to be a, a hurricane by the time it hits the caribbean so that kind of bothers me in that yeah you know we always worry about castaway key and all those people who live there exactly very hard exactly i mean they get it and especially these past uh, few hurricane seasons while we've been spared the last few years the caribbean certainly has not been also if you're going to be here in the next couple of days whether it actually hits florida or not we're going to feel the effects of it. It's going to be three or four rainy days. They're saying, and it's not just tr light tropical rain. We're getting squalls we're of getting rain. We're getting squalls, yeah. So, just in time for our couple things to do. <laughs> yeah, really. It's next, on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, next week, uh, Corey and Julie are going to be telling us about uh, Discovery Cove at SeaWorld. Well, you're going to be wet anyway. <laughs> we'll be surviving the hurricane with the dolphins. <laughs> there you go. But uh, we will have more links uh, to information on this and uh, some information on our hurricane preparedness on our show notes page this week. So be sure to go check that out if you're traveling down here this week. Um, like I said, what I saw from the National Weather Service looks like by, by Friday or Saturday, whatever we're going to get will be done. Right. So, But if you're traveling this week, you're definitely going to want to pay close attention to the weather report. So, all right, with that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and get started with the news. Uh, every quarter, the Florida Bureau of Fair Ride Inspections releases information about any accident or illness that required hospitalization from any of the major theme parks here in Orlando. For this past quarter, July through September, there were a total of only eight serious incidents reported, and thankfully none of them were life-threatening. Included in the report, a 68-year-old woman fractured both legs and an arm at, on Peter Pan's flight as she was stepping onto the moving walkway. I guess she must have lost her balance and fell, but that's 
That's pretty severe at 68. Uh, a 42-year-old man broke his left ankle after jumping out of a ride vehicle on Kilimanjaro safaris. Say it all with me, idiot. <laughs> idiot. And a 56-year-old man lost consciousness on the Grand Fiesta tour boat ride at uh, the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot, and I can certainly understand why. Well, you know, it pulls, um, what, three or four Gs at least. So. <laughs> yeah, that thing really moves. A couple of margaritas later, I guess. At Universal, a 14-year-old girl broke her arm at Camp, uh, on the Camp Jurassic climbing nets. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And a 16-year-old boy complained of upper back pain after riding dueling dragons. I wonder why. Um, SeaWorld's only report was a woman complaining of chest discomfort and journey to Atlantis. And the only reason I really mention this, there's actually two reasons. Number one, it's a really slow news week. Um, and number two, it just as a reminder to everybody that, you know, you're on vacation, accidents still happen. Try and stay aware. And anybody can get hurt. Anybody I mean, can get hurt, you know. Those moving walkways, if you're not paying attention. See, like, move, well, you know, I can understand, like, on the mo- losing your footing on the moving mm-hmm. walkway, that makes sense to me. The jerk jumping out of the car at Kilimanjaro Safaris, that deserves it. Yeah. He's lucky he only got a broken ankle. Something didn't eat him, thank yep. God. Look, Ma. Yeah. Here's the animals. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pet it. <laughs> <laughs> Just step over him. Move around him. So, all right, our next news story, uh, this I, I, I was really shocked. Uh, the Orlando Sentinel reported last week that Disney has snatched Universal's top creative talent to join Walt Disney Imagineering. Scott Trowbridge, the creative force behind many of Universal's best attractions, including The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, will report to Bruce Vaughn, who is chief creative executive for Walt Disney Imagineering, and will be working on developing new attractions for Disney. This comes at a time when Universal is planning the most ambitious expansion to its resort, since the opening of mm-hmm. Islands of Adventure, the 20-acre Harry Potter land that is set to open sometime in 2009. Trowbridge's loss from Universal's very small creative team will have a big impact on Universal, according to Gary Goddard, a former Walt Disney Imagineering executive. Goddard told the Orlando Sentinel, quote, I think Imagineering probably made him an offer he couldn't refuse, and added it's definitely going to make a difference to Universal with him leaving. Now, barring any major new expansions from Disney... Uh, in terms of product to counter Harry Potter, because we've talked about this before, what was Disney going to do? We've heard rumblings that they're going to add a couple of things with George Lucas and the Star Wars area at MGM. But uh, it looks like this is what they're going to do. They're going to start poaching their top talent and uh, keep their team in complete disarray. If if you want to screw up a project like this, make sure the team is never cohesive, that the creative team isn't cohesive. Harry Potter Land's going to end up some cardboard cutouts. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Well, you know, it's I, I, you no. know we've said it, we've said I've said it before. Um, this is not news to anybody who's followed this, especially not Disney. That this is Universal's. This is a big gamble for Universal. If they screw this up, they will never recover from it. They will never recover from it. And it's there's going to be too many people watching. Too many people. This is too high profile. And Disney knows that. And Disney knows that if they can do anything to deal a blow to this, this, this project, that it's going to help them in the long run. I don't see that happening, though. I, I think you'll see. Now, you know what? I, I, I've said it that I think the management team in place at Universal is really solid. But, you know, we know what Universal has been like for years. They could screw up a two-car funeral. Yeah. And the most obvious successes that they could have had, they've squandered. Because their management was always in a state of flux. That has always been a problem over there. They change managers more often than most people change underwear. 
And then when something like this happens, when you have somebody this this is like uh, this is the universal equivalent of Joe Rody. Yeah. Now this is like if if they poached Joe Rody out of Walt Disney Imagineering and brought him over to Universal, that that would be funny. Would never happen, but it would be very funny. Um, what's interesting though is they're spending so much money on this Harry Potter land that I can't imagine that they couldn't counter offer. So it almost seems to me like maybe this guy really did want to go to Disney. Well, I mean, Disney, I think, can offer opportunities to a creative person. Beyond financial. That yeah. uh, you know, Universal may not be able to offer. I mean, I don't know what the specifics of the deal were. Right. I'm imagining it had to be pretty significant. That Disney probably, as, as this guy Gary Goddard said, made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Well, what is he, vice president of? Well, he was uh, a vice president of... Uh, Spider-Man. No, he was not vice president of <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> vice president of spider Yeah, that's what's on his business card. Um, the Universal Creative Department, or whatever their name is for Imagineering. Spider-Man. Yeah, he, yeah. They don't have. They don't call it Walt Disney. They, right. they don't call it's it Imagineering a, a Universal. Yeah. It's their creative department. He was. A, yeah, he was a vice president. I, think, I was wondering I think what they, he went to. I think they actually call it Universal's version of Imagineering. Is that oh, the whole title? That's, that's the title. Name. <laughs> no, they call it Spider-Man. Well, Don't guess, make fun of Bob. People feel sorry for him already. All right, I'm sorry. Don't start the dubious. Well, like I said, it's it's. I I'm I'm I'm, I'm guessing now that uh, this is part of Disney's strategy to. Uh, Try and hamstring the Harry Potter project before it really gets off the ground. Well, if you don't have anything to do, if you don't have anything to put out there. That's the only thing you can do, you know? All right, and our top story on the Diz this week. Over the summer, we discussed a news story about a pipe bomb going off in a trash can outside of downtown Disney. And last week, police arrested 21-year-old Brandon Wall, a server at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin, and charged him with making an explosive device. The Orange County Sheriff's Office also said that a federal indictment on those charges was forthcoming. The Sheriff's Office believes that Wall was not alone in this and is seeking out as many as four other suspects right now. Police received a tip three weeks ago to the Orange County Sheriff's Crime Line that helped lead them to the location of a discarded pipe bomb on State Road 417. Wall did bail out of jail pending a trial, and during an interview with a local radio station denied having any involvement, claiming that the devices were the work of a former friend. And the sheriff did go out of his way to reiterate that they do not consider this a terrorist attack. I'm not sure exactly what it is, if this guy's just ticked off at Disney or just psycho and setting off pipe bombs. Maybe I don't he got know. Stiffed. No, yeah, really. <laughs> Nobody's leaving me tips. I don't know, but uh That last bomb they found was out on four seventeen. I thought they had discarded it. It was like they threw it away. It was. They got. Uh, it was. Got it was actually his father and his girlfriend that eventually led them to the location of where these things were. Yeah. It closed four seventeen for a couple hours. For hours, also. tied up traffic. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. But uh, they uh, they got it and they they got them. Yeah. At least we hope so. I think some people are just troubled and they find something and they want to try it it's destructive and it's yeah. a way to vent their anger and their maybe, frustration maybe get a little attention yeah, in the process sure so but thank goodness no one was hurt yeah. in any of it and the police got them and for once the orange county sheriff's office actually did something right well it's not so much the sheriff's office as it is the orange county sheriff kevin beery who i don't like um guy spends more time on junkets than he does on his job but and that's and our crime rates through the roof in Orlando. This guy's traveling all over the place and buying elephant guns. He's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. And how they keep electing this man to be sheriff, I have absolutely no idea. 
It's like the way Jersey did it. Jersey didn't elect those posts. So you got a, you got appointed. Right. It's a political appointment. I think that was a better way to do it. Yeah, because it, you I, don't need these guys running for office. Right. I find that you know they they do things to not get the voters pissed off at them. Right. Know? And I find that disturbing. Well, I, you know, letting the crime rate skyrocket like this, I can't imagine this guy's going to have his job for much longer, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, that'll do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to go ahead and move on to our rapid-fire segment. And who would like to go first? I will. Kevin? We've talked about this before, but I just um, have some more information. The uh, 32nd Annual Festival of the Masters is being held at Downtown Disney from November 9th through November 11th. It is in operation from 9.30 in the morning until 5.30 in the afternoon. And just to let you know, Daylight Savings Time is next week, so it's going to be getting darker here. And I want you to know not to plan on attending this from like 4.30 to 5.30. Downtown Disney isn't lit for an art show at that time, and it gets kind of dark, and you wouldn't be able to see anything. If you're going to go to this, go during go earlier in the day. But it's a great thing to do with your family and your kids. They usually have some extra activities. They have things for kids and little snack booths and things set up. It's something we do every year. It's great it is, fun. It is a lot of fun. Corey and I both go every I like year, the, too. I'm sorry. I like the uh, sidewalk uh, artists that draw right on the sidewalks. They really do a great job. As it gets closer, I'm sure they'll announce what days those things are going to happen. But I brought the new um, 2007 logo mm. for... The Festival of the Masters. Cool. Props. Can we put this up on the site? Sure. Okay. Make it so, Corey. Sure. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Corey. The Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend is happening January 10th through the 13th. Now, while all the big races are sold out due to capacity, the uh, the family fun run kids Damn. races oh. are still open. Shh. Now, ch- children up to age eight can participate in the 400, 200, or the 100-yard kids' races, including the infant diaper dash. <laughs> and I also found uh, this to be cool. There's going to be a Healy's kid race and roll. Now, they'll be able to do a 400-yard fun competitive race and roll. Sponsored by Band-Aid. Sponsored by Healy's. <laughs> really? Now, this is for ages eight to 14 years old, and um, you do need to wear The kids do need to wear, like, a helmet. Wrist guards, knee pads, elbow pads, and this half large vest. Wrap them <laughs> in bubble wrap. The um, this is only five dollars per child, so it's a fairly Much cheap event. And I, if I, could get I know half of the kids bring their Hillies to on vacation anyway, so might as well let them do this at the Wild World of Sports. Oh, so now they're just you know, they're making it official yeah. and they're making it a sport now. Yeah, I didn't know. So I thought that was pretty fun. Wonder if I can get in on that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Bob. <laughs> All right, Corey, thank you very much. Julie? I have two short ones. They did announce the golfers that are going to be there at the golf tournament next week, mm-hmm. next weekend. So you guys can check that out. I was actually going to print the list out. It's so many of them. I don't want to read that. Yeah. But there's, also... There's a few missing, like Tiger there's Woods. There's a lot missing. Well, there's way too many to read off. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, but there were all the uh, the lower tier guys, not, yeah. the, not well, the stars. I don't know anything about golf, but I don't recognize any of those names. And I thought I would at least recognize Tiger. So We actually saw the signing for the Children's Miracle Network sponsorship. They've got that up. Remember we talked in the past about the fact that it used to be the Funai Golf Classic? Right. All the signing is up for the Children's Miracle Network sponsorship. Cool. I'm disappointed Tiger didn't come to this. Well, there's uh, there's a big uh, – we'll, we'll put a link to the article on uh, on the show notes page. But there was an article – there's a good article on ESPN.com about the problems they're having with the 
the fall series, the PGA fall series, including this, not mainly because they they can't attract the top name talent to show up. They're not going to get the crowds. Um, in order to get anywhere in the PGA, you have to get ranked, and a lot of the ones that are doing some of these things in the fall are uh, trying to are the guys the that are trying to get get moved up. So it's not any of the big shots. It's all the, you know the smaller guys who are the smaller pros who are trying to make it you know make it into the into the bigger the bigger events. Tiger doesn't like children. No, I don't think that's uh, <laughs> okay. Back to my rapid fire. <laughs> okay, let's back, go back to okay. Julie's rapid fire. Okay. <laughs> The dates for the Epcot Teddy Bear and Doll Weekend have been announced. I announced this last, I think, last year for the podcast. They're going to be May 16th through the 18th, 2008. So if you're an admirer of teddy bears or dolls, this will be a nice event for you. There are over 30 of the most recognized bear slash doll artists. Um, they're going to display their creations. Stife, Precious Moments, Engel Puppin, and Vogue Dolls are among some of the participating companies. And, of course, those will take place in the World Showcase Pavilion. I'm, I'm curious whether or not they're going to have those um, Marie Osmond dolls. They've been doing, like, all her costumes the from Dancing with the Stars. The ones that can't stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Pull a string and it passes out. Well, they have a new one that faints right on stage. Way to stay on top of it, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You're going to get letters. You're going to get hate mail. Send them on, people. <laughs> The Bob Pity Party has started. <laughs> oh. Well, then you guys can just start picking on me. I'm, all right? Julie. Let's start. Pick a new person. <laughs> Julie defends me all the time. All right. Thank you, Julie. Bob, what do you have? I have uh, – first, Pete, I'd like to congratulate Boston for winning the World Series. And uh, I have a <laughs> – what? It's I'm good. Just, uh, it's great, but I just – Anyway, uh, I have one. Uh, it's, it's at Kennedy Space Center. It's uh, called the World – Space Expo, and it's going to be this uh, November 1st through the 4th, and they're celebrating 50 years of NASA, and they have the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds uh, are going to have an air show Saturday and Sunday out there, which I think is really cool. And they're having uh, there's appearances by Mercury's astronaut John Glenn and Scott Carpenter, and they're going to relive the triumphs of the 50 years of space flight and see what the future holds. There'll be special exhibits and, and guest stars. You can go on uh, www.kennedyspacecenter.com to get more info on it. But I thought it was really cool. Cool. So. Great. Thank you, Bob. John. Disney has announced uh, over the past couple of weeks some new discounts, some package discounts. And they're for travel in January, February, and March of 2008. Dates are restricted. Availability is restricted. Uh, all the information for these are up on the website. One is specifically for Canadian visitors, folks coming from Canada, and one is specifically for people who have the Disney visa. I wanted to mention this because um, the way that they're worded on Disney's website specifically makes us believe that they're going to become available to the general public on November 1st. And so far, for the people who have been eligible for these discounts, uh, our Dreams Unlimited travel agents have been able to get people some really good discounts. We're talking about three to five hundred dollars off of a package. Wow! So keep an eye on the Diz November first. We think that there's going to be some general codes out there for travel January, February, and March, two thousand eight. Don't miss out on that. Absolutely great. Thank you very much, John. All right, and with rapid fire out of the way, we're going to move on. And actually, Kevin and John just have a couple of anecdotal stories to tell us mainly. How did you get 70 pounds of candy at the Magic Kingdom? Uh, Mickey's not so scary. It wasn't easy. 
I don't want to give a whole review of uh, Mickey's Not So Scary this year because I know you guys did it already. I just want to start by saying, first of all, it's a fantastic time. This year, I think, is the best they've ever done. Yeah. Um, the decorations are incredible. Um, the fireworks are unbelievable this year. Did you guys feel that way? Yeah. They, were, they really well, stepped I thought they were great up. last year, too. But like I said, I was watching all the fireworks through the camera. So I really I don't get to yeah, they, surround myself. They really stepped it up a notch this year. this year. The parks looked mm-hmm. absolutely great. Remember de- it stormed our night? Oh, yeah. But the fireworks were fantastic, yeah. and everything was really great. You, during the party, you go trick-or-treating. Everybody knows this. They set up their trick-or-treating stands, and they... Uh, they give you a bag to go in, and they give you handfuls of candy as you go around. Now, there were four of us. It was Kevin, myself, his mom, and dad. So four people are going to get more candy than just two, obviously. However, we didn't do anything tricky. We just walked around the park and hit every single one, every single trick-or-treat station. And I don't know if Disney has an abundance of candy, but it wasn't like you were getting one or two uh, pieces of candy as you walked through they were putting handfuls in your bag i mean really we, yeah we got a lot of candy and what was really funny was almost every candy station had at least two lines yeah so that people would just be able to walk through and then there was always a third station just beyond it now you would walk through and they would give you these giant handfuls of candy and stuff them in your bag and you would get to that third station, and you could tell that the cast member was kind of disappointed that they got stuck there. They would say, these are raisins. <laughs> <laughs> and hold that one little tiny box. And they box would put one little, box of can, or one little box of raisins. And if you could hear kids say to them, no thanks, and walk and blow right past them. We'll so, take the pennies. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wanted the box of raisins. Uh, it was, we ran into a great night. Uh, we went on Thursday night, the 25th. And I... The park seemed empty. It was really nice. I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of people there, but it was never crowded and closed in like it can get. Come to find out, Friday night was sold out. Wednesday night and Friday night had both sold out, I believe. And Thursday night, they said, was the lowest attendance of the year. So Hmm. I thought it was great. Um, As we walked around, we walked around and we did all the stuff. We uh, went and saw the Haunted Mansion. And we had reported in the past that parts of the Haunted Mansion weren't working. Right. Those seem to be up and working now. All of the little effects that they had added seem to be up and running. It's very cool. If you haven't seen those things working, you should go see them. We got back to the dance party, which is out back by Ariel's Grotto. Yeah. And one of the things that we like to do is we like to stop and watch the little kids dance. It's really the highlight, one of the highlights of the night. And the kids are all in their costumes, and the mom and dads are trying to get them to dance to take the videos and stuff like that. So it was really fun. Well... Everybody stopped. It was also lightly drizzling at that point. Not a real heavy rain. It was more of just a drizzle. So I walked over to get a soda. There's a little refreshment stand next to that. Well, all of a sudden I hear John screaming, you have to turn around, you have to turn around, you have to turn around. My mom was sitting there, and my mom is in a wheelchair. And I don't know if it was Chip or Dale, but they started playing the song The Locomotion, and everybody got in line. And either Chip or Dale decided my mother should be the front of the line. Oh, oh my. Hey. And I turned around, and my mother had her hands and her, her head in her hands. I was just going to say. And all she kept, all I could hear her from where I was, please stop. <laughs> please, stop. Please, please, sir, I've had enough. Please, sir, I've stopped. Please, sir, I'm done now. And this was a two or three minute song, and for the entire duration of the locomotion, my mother was the head of the train. Um, after the mortification ended, <laughs> we went trick or treating again. And. 
I just it was just an amazing time. What they, happened at the end of the night though when we left? Oh. We at one point we had so much candy that my mom had brought like a duffel bag with her sweatshirt in it in case it got cold. We actually had to empty out our candy into the duffel bag because there was no more room in our bags. As we left, uh, what some people, if you haven't never been to the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, as you trick or treat, your bag gets filled with candy. But on your way out, they have the big treat. They call it the Kiss Goodnight, and there's usually people just outside the turnstiles. And what they do is they fill your bags. And this year, the promo was for Hershey's Kissables. We brought some for everybody. Kissables are Hershey's versions of M&M's. They're shaped like little Hershey's Kisses, and they have the candy coating. The best thing I could describe them as is Mm M&M's. And they had a huge box, a wooden box. I'm going to guess eight feet by four feet wide with cast members all around it. And they would fill your bag up with these Kissables as you left. Well... One of the cast members turned around and said to my mom, do you like candy? And she said, yeah. And I'm going to guess he took a good 20 pounds of candy. He scooped it up with his arms and laid it in her lap. Oh, my God. And there she sat, and she had her arms around this candy. And she looked at me, and she goes, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) She literally couldn't move. What was really funny was there was a very nice lady, and if you listen to the podcast, thank you came screaming across the tarmac there. I bought a t-shirt and I have a bag. Do you want it? We didn't know what to do with this candy. It was really funny. So this stranger was helping unload my mother's candy into this bag. We laughed all the way home over this. We got home and we dumped all of the candy into, we had to actually put together a shipping box. We had to, you know, do the packing tape and put it together. And there's 70 pounds of candy in there. I'm going to guess you. We brought you a, a, a pound of it here. Yeah, he brought a, a, a plastic grocery plastic bag. grocery bag full of candy. Our the box is 18 inches by 18 inches by 18 inches square. Yeah, and it is full. See, and you know, I, it's it's not like I'm in like I'm in my 38th trimester here, um, and they bring candy into my house. Well, you could give it out. To the well, kids that's never. <laughs> Mine. That's what we did last Peter's year. Peter's the man with his light off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. I, 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 I have candy every year, and I'm telling you, we get nobody. Really? Oh, we no. Last nobody. year, John and I were the good guys in the neighborhood because we had done this last year and gotten a bunch of candy so that when the kids came to our house, we don't give out a piece of candy. You give out a bunch. We were giving handfuls just like they do at Disney. As a matter of fact, even after Halloween was over, we had so much candy in the house, I duct taped the box shut at that point. <laughs> I just don't want it anymore. And I went out and I found the kids in the neighborhood and I said, where do you live? And they said, right over there. And I walked over and I said to the mother, I want to give this to you. It's candy that we have left over that we want out of the house. And I just don't want to give it to the kids. So we, we had to sort of package our candy up and give it away last year. I have a feeling we're going to have to do that it this That poor too. mom. She had to find some place in her house to hide that from her children. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing, Molly. I'm bringing well, Molly to your house doling it out. trick or treat this year. We have... Um, we were traveling. We went to the party with uh, Donna, one of the owner, other owners of Dreams Unlimited Travel, and her husband, Joe. And there were two of them, and they got as much candy. Now, they have three grandchildren that they were going to split this up. So Joe had two bags. They Donna had a bag. Joe had two bags because they were trick-or-treating for each of the grandkids. Right. And each grandkid was going to get – well. A- after it got crazy, because I-, I think they're trying to get rid of the candy yeah, that that's they what have I was left. Thinking. 
they have gotcha. just trick or treating the two of them with three bags. They have seventy pounds of candy also. Unreal. That they want us to ship to New Jersey. So this free candy is going to cost us one hundred and fifty dollars to get to New Jersey. <laughs> But 70 pounds of free candy at Mickey's Not So Scary. So when people say, you know, I didn't get much, I don't understand how that happens. It's not like we went around begging. I mean, we just went to all of the yeah. locations. There's 13 of them. Uh, the next night, uh, Donna and Joe were still here. We decided they were, uh, had plans to make dinner at uh, 1900 Park Fair or at the Grand Floridian. So we joined them for dinner, them and another couple. It was nice enough. It was a little chaotic. It is the loudest place I have ever been in my entire life. There were children screaming for no apparent reason. We sat next to a family with three little boys who just stood next to the table screaming. You should have pulled out some of your they, candy. They ate the candy from the <laughs> night before. That's why they got the sugar high. And it, they, they... It's, I'm not going to do a review of this at, yet. However, Cinderella is one of the characters at this meal. And she came over to our, my ta- our table. And we, there were six adults. And she leaned down and she said to me, have you ever heard anything like this? And I said, I really haven't. She said, we have some loud little princes and princesses tonight. This is a character saying to me, have you ever heard anything like this? <laughs> so so after dinner, we decided we were just going to walk down to uh, the the beach area or the marina and watch the fireworks because we knew that the Halloween party was going on that night as well. As we're walking down, we got close to the marina and we saw the boat set up and we started talking about the, the wishes cruises. And Donna said, I've never been on a wishes cruise. So I said... Let's see if we can get one. Now, this is 8 o'clock at night. 8 o'clock on Friday. Fr- Friday night. So we called up event services, and they I said... I actually just called the Disney information line. Yeah, they put you through. And they said, there's a boat available, according to our records. Go to the marina and talk to them. So we went down to the marina, and it turns out the boat was available, but there wasn't a driver. So they had to do some, some finagling, but we got to do a last-minute... Wishes Cruise. Wow. We actually party. booked it a quarter after 8 to leave at 8.30. I, I don't think I've ever heard that story. I think that this is one of those things where if you're flexible and you're uh, willing to do something the last minute or spontaneous, stuff like this is available. Th- they were great. They couldn't set up the boat for us. They couldn't do the usual drinks and snacks. Um, so he gave us the boat for 50% off. Wow. So Now, I also have to tell time. you... One of the we we don't recommend that anybody do this if you're planning your vacation. Right, if this is the hinge of your having a great vacation or not, right. don't do it. But. However, if you're polite and patient, good things happen. Mm-hmm. You have to walk up around knowing that you know this might not happen. But if you're polite, and we were, we joked with the guy trying to make you know, listen, we understand if you can't do this, but if you can, that would be great. And he said, let me make it happen for you. It doesn't hurt to ask. I know every time we're at Epcot, right. I'll, I'm always always go check in Canada. Like, do you have any openings? No? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it, but it's always just good. like them to laugh at you. It's always good to hear, you know, when a cast member actually really does go out of their way and try and make something happen rather than just, you know, being lazy and saying, sorry, can't do no. it. These guys really tried. They made phone calls and they were apologetic. That's great. And I think, and it was one of those things where I knew within the first few minutes that if this wasn't going to happen, they would have said so. Mm-hmm. They really were trying to make it work. One and, young man called a friend of his who works in the same area and he was laying in bed watching TV and he said, well, get up, come on in. And he said, I can't. I called in sick today. <laughs> <laughs> so when I tell you they were really trying, they really were trying. That's great. And it's a f- fantastic way to see those fireworks. And Oh, yeah. The Wishes Fireworks Cruise is wonderful. 
absolutely it was so much better than actually seeing it in the park. One of the things that I didn't realize when you're in the park, they do that 360 peripheral shoot where the fireworks go up around it. Okay. When you watch them from the the lagoon, the Seven Seas Lagoon, those are actually much further from the park than they actually the, they when actually they look, shoot out by the resorts almost. That's right. how far away they are. Right. They look like when you're standing on Main Street, they look like they're all around you. It was truly a magical moment. It was great. That's great. That's great. And 70 pounds of candy on top of it. Unbelievable. Well, great. Thank you very much for that uh, that story. All right. We're going to move on to our next segment. And uh, last week we received an email from one of our listeners, uh, Missy Smith. And uh, even though this isn't our email show, uh, I thought this would make a great segment. So I wanted to use it in the show this week. Uh, here's what she wrote. Uh, my question is regarding the spa services available on Walt Disney World property. From what I can gather, there are three choices, Grand Floridian, Saratoga Springs, and the Mandara Spa at the Dolphin. I'm not sure if there are more places. I visit Walt Disney World with my daughter a couple of times a year. A mother-daughter massage would be wonderful. Combining a massage and a Walt Disney World and Walt Disney World would be a dream come true. Can you give us any information about the spa services available, etc.? Um, well, first, I want to make sure I, I preface this by saying that I'm going to give my perspective on these spas as a man. Um, I, I do go to spas fairly often. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm a spa junkie. I'm not there all the time, but I've done a lot of them. I've done them on cruise ships. I've done them all around Orlando. I've done them in California. So I've got a pretty good, I think I have a pretty good idea of, of, of the quality of the various spas around Walt Disney World. Uh, but this also has uh, inspired me to create a regular segment uh, or a series of segments. I think I'm going to go Take one, take one for the team, and get some uh, get some massages done. <laughs> You're our hero. I know, I know. It's what I do for my. Well, I'll go have a pedicure and a manicure. My 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 dedication <laughs> my dedication to my site visitors and my listeners is never ending. Uh, but uh, so I, I I am you know this is the male perspective on things. Uh, obviously, I can't speak too much to the services that are available for women, especially in the locker room, since I don't go into them, but. Um, I'm also not going to go into a lot of detail in this segment about each spa. I'm just going to kind of give you a brief overview. And and mainly because uh, the spa experience, really and truly in between spas, the services that they offer are pretty much identical. They'll give them different names. They may use different a different product line. But the services you're going to get from spa to spa are, are, are pretty standard. Um, where spas tend to differ, or in my opinion anyway, are in three primary areas. First, and most importantly, is the quality of the staff that they employ. And this is important. Are these people actually massage therapists and cosmetologists and, and spa technicians that are performing the treatments? Or are they basically people they hired off the street, taught them the marketing line from the product line that they're pushing, and that's all these guys do is sit there and try and push product? Uh, second, uh, the facility. How well-appointed are the waiting areas and the locker rooms? How comfortable are the treatment rooms? How well organized is the process? There is absolutely nothing worse than walking into a spa for a treatment and seeing the staff in chaos running around stressed out. And I've seen that. I've seen that a couple of times, actually. And third, what product line do they carry? And when I say product line, I'm, I mean that you, most spas associate themselves with one primary product line in terms of doing their facials and their massages and everything else. And... While, again, you know, I don't know how much difference there really is between all the different product lines. Um, some of them are not suited for everybody, and I try and just mention what I think of the product lines offered at each one. 
Uh, now, in terms of the spas that are on Disney property, they're all owned and operated by Nikki Bryan Salons. And Nikki, Nikki Bryan's had the salon contract with Disney for I don't know how long, for many, many years. And they continue to grow. They took over the... Uh, they took over the spa at Saratoga Springs when it switched over from Disney Institute. When it was the Disney Institute, that spa was the last spa on Disney property that was owned and operated by Disney. And uh, I got to be honest, why they would, why they keep letting Nikki Bryan have these these spas? I, I have no idea because there are far better spa products out there. Yeah, and my, my here's my my biggest complaint with the Nikki Bryan salons, and that is I, I probably had dozens of treatments done over the last several years uh, at Nikki Bryan Salons on Disney property. And, and I have a habit just because of what I do for a living, and I'm nosy. When I'm in places like that, I always tend to ask whoever I'm dealing with, how do they treat you? Do you like working here? And I'm not exaggerating. Without fail, every single person I've ever asked that question to who works at a Nikki Bryan Salon tells me the same thing, that they're horribly treated, it's a terrible company to work for, and they get a pittance of every service that they do. They basically live on their tips. Hmm. Now, I don't know if that, that may be standard in the spy industry. I'm not an expert on how they compensate their, their people. But I, all I know is that I've never heard that from another spa that I've been to. Um, and it, without fail, and I'm literally, I think it's safe to say, over the years I've talked to two dozen of their employees. Hmm. And it's really, and as a result of it, I eventually just stopped going to Nikki Bryan's salon. Um, I want to start off talking about uh, the Mandara Spa, which is at the Swan and Dolphin. It's also there's also one at the Portofino Bay, but I'm focused more right now on the one that's at the Swan and Dolphin. It's just recently opened. It's just opened in the last 18 months, and this is an Asian themed spa. It was put into an area. It was it was built out in an existing area of the uh, of the Dolphin. It's not a bad size. I'll say it's not a bad size spa. And it is very nicely appointed. My biggest complaint about that spa is the size of the locker rooms. Um, the men's locker room was, if it was 400 square feet, it was large. Hmm. And I mean, it just was not a large facility at all. You felt very, very crowded in there. Any more than three or four people, and you actually felt like you were on top of, the, on top of somebody else. And that's just, I don't know. that I, don't, I think the locker I most of the locker rooms and the spas I've been to, are much larger, much more appointed, a lot more showers. Just like the spa at the Disney Institute. Well, it's not the Disney Institute anymore, but over at Saratoga Springs. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that was a that was a locker room to, to die for. Yeah, it had the, the jacuzzi in it and great locker rooms and every conceivable type of product from you know everything you need to shave and brush your teeth and comb your hair. It was great. They have the sauna in there too, and the sauna and the steam room. Yeah. So now. Mandara Spa uh, offers facials from $120 to $160, and their Swedish, mas Swedish massages run about $115. Those are pretty standard price. That's pretty standard pricing for most spas. Um, now, as far as Missy's question about mother-daughter services, uh, the Mandara Spa only offers a uh, mother-daughter massage, a side-by-side -side massage. 25 minutes is $75. 50 minutes is $115. Again, and for a double massage, that's actually quite good. But they, they do also offer two hours of complimentary child care at Camp Dolphin if you're spending 75 minutes or more on spa treatments. So that's a nice little 
nice little aside, but the Mandara Spa didn't really seem to the, the, their program for mother daughter. I didn't think uh, was all that great, but as a spa itself, um, I can tell you, I had a massage treatment there done uh, mid July. It was a fantastic, fantastic massage. And the common rooms, the large common rooms they have for you to wait, wait in for your massage, your, your treatment to start, were really, really nice, really well decorated. And uh, they do have, they, they also had like a little spa menu. You could go in there and have like a, mm-hmm. a very healthy lunch. There was absolutely nothing on that menu I would eat. Um, All green? Well, nothing was fried. <laughs> <laughs> nothing was fried and it didn't have any sugar in it. So how could I possibly eat that? So, so Mandara Spa, I would say... For a mother-daughter treatment, eh, maybe, maybe not. If all you wanted was the massage and that was exactly what you wanted. Um, I will say that the Grand Floridian and Saratoga Springs, their mother-daughter packages are much better. They're also much more expensive. For example, uh, the mother-daughter package is two and a half hours long, includes a a a stress recovery facial for mom and a child facial for your daughter, a 25-minute massage for each of you and your choice of either a manicure or pedicure for each of you. Now, the cost for that is a staggering $490. Huh? For two? What? Total. That's the total for both. I was hoping it wasn't per person. No, no, no. Did you get lunch with that? No. And like I said, that's available at both the Grand Floridian and the Saratoga Springs. Those are the only mother-daughter packages. The real, that was the only mother-daughter package I was able to find that looked like it actually gave you a nice time in the spot. More than a so massage. So if you want more than a massage, your only choice really is going to be uh, Grand Floridian or Saratoga Springs. Now, facials at those two, for example, just to give you an idea of the price ranges, facials there range from 125 to 190 A Swedish massage is also 115 same as it was at uh, Mandara Spa. Manicures are ranging from 55 to 110 and their product line now uh, is Sodashi Products. They used to carry a product line called Jerlique, which I still actually use. It's one of the better spa product lines made in Australia, all natural products. As a matter of fact, many of the products are edible. They don't taste good, but they're made from all <laughs> natural products. Well, they actually have this. Uh, Jerlique has this oatmeal face wash. Mm. that, like, It's edible. It's, it's all natural product, but it doesn't taste very good. But when you're putting it on your face... It makes you so hungry. There's a store in uh, the Mall of Millennia yes, that just sells Julie products. products. And, and again, like any of these spa products, when we talk about product, it's very expensive. Um, that face wash, for example, I think runs about $40 a tube. Wow. So it lasts a while. You don't need a lot of it, but it's still. And that's one of the things that the spa, they pushes these products, right? Yes. Now, I, I didn't mention that the Mandara Spa, they carry, the line they carry are the Elemis products, Elemis and Lotherapy. That's what they carry on the ship as well. Right. Because when I visit the spa, then that's what they use on me, and I actually bought some. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of spas Sucker. offer, a lot of, a lot of spas carry Elemis. It's a very, very popular line. The problem with Elemis is that, um, in my opinion, it tends to be, the product tends to be too perfumey. If you're someone who's sensitive to strong aromas, mm-hmm. if you're someone who has sensitive skin, this happened to Walter when we were on a cruise, because Walter has a has, has occasional issues with rosacea. And he told them that before he got a facial, and they said, well, we're going to use our special sensitive skincare line, and it made his face, it made the rosacea ten times worse. He was furious and will never get another facial done. 
Or you could be on Anywhere. my end. I mean, I bought a body scrub, a ginger and citrus body scrub that I love. You just use it on knees, heels, elbows, and mm-hmm. things to make your skin nice. It's totally great. Right now, I'm just saying that <laughs> I'm just saying that you know some of these products. Right. If you're sensitive to perfumes, if you're sen- if you have sensitive skin, you need to ba- you, you need to a let them know that, but understand that unless they're using an all natural product, which Elemis is not. Um, you may you may have a reaction to it, so keep that in mind. That's only if you have sensitive skin. I, have I don't. I don't. I've used Elemis products. I've had them in spa treatments. I've never had a problem with them. Um, they're actually quite good, but again, very expensive. Now, the Canyon Ranch is the other one I wanted to mention because of all the spas in the area, if I have to give a gold star to one, it's going to be Canyon Ranch. It's probably my favorite, uh, mainly because the facilities are so outstanding. It is one of the most beautiful spas I've ever yeah. been in. This is over at the Gaylord Palms, which is right off Osceola Parkway, uh, bordering Disney property. And it is just, it's just everything from the common areas, the treatment rooms, the staff, the product. Everything is phenomenal. The only thing they don't do is they have no treatments available for mother-daughter. As a matter of fact, uh, they have no spa treatments available for you if you're under 18 years old. Huh. So it is not... Well, you've got to remember that uh, Gaylord Palms caters to more of a convention business. They're not as big on the leisure side. So the issue of kids, they're not going to cater too much to that. But if you want an outstanding spa experience. I go over there and I get a gift certificate for Diana for Christmas time and give it to her to go there. And that, their, their prices are a little bit a little bit higher. Uh, Canyon Ranch is, is a very popular upscale spa product. It's all over the place. Las Vegas has a few of them. Um, but the facials range from 130 to 180 dollars, which is really expensive for a facial. But that's less than um, one of the other ones you mentioned. Um, Those were like up to 190, weren't they? Yeah. Well, well, it, depending on depending on yeah, the facial that was 190 though at the Grand Floridian, I forgot. That's that was how big like your faces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, this was a that I, I forgot what what that facial was, but that 190 was unusual. Okay. Um, but they had Gaylord Palms had had a few services that were on the upper end of that scale. I thought that was running a little bit more more expensive. Again, the Swedish massage here is 130 which is about $15 more than the other ones are getting. Manicure is a little bit more reasonable, um, 40, uh, $40 to $65. Yes, much more um, reasonable. And uh, they actually carry their own line of products, the Canyon Ranch line of products. And they're good, but I don't know much about them. Um, I've had them, I've used them a couple of times when I've had treatments done there, but I've never purchased any of them. Um, but they also use Pure Fiji, which, again, if you're the type that doesn't like more, not perfumey, but more fragrant product um, or has have sensitive skin, I don't know how well Pure Fiji will work on you, but I absolutely love it. I, I, I first tried Pure Fiji when uh, we were out at the... Uh, out in Huntington Beach, the Hyatt Regency Resort and oh, Spa. Yeah. They use that product line there, and I fell in love with it. That was the only thing I fell in love with at that spa. But um, Now, did you, is that product perfumey? The Fiji, yeah. The Fiji tends to be a little more um, – it, it tends to be on the perfumey side. But their bath milk, the, the pure Fiji bath milk, that's like nothing you've ever, you've ever bathed in. That was incredible. How much of that um, do they use, bath milk? No, you don't use a lot. You should never. You know, also, any of the spa products, almost always, are very highly concentrated. And that's part of what. That's part of their. That's part of their excuse for charging you, 
you know, an obscene amount of money for yeah. a tiny little vial of something. But um, now, as with uh, Canyon Ranch, as with all of the all of the spas, automatically add a twenty percent gratuity uh, to your bill. There is one other thing I did want to mention about the Grand Floridian Spa in Saratoga Springs, which is a little different than the other two. They have a full line, well, not a full line, but a, a nice, decent number of services available for children four to twelve. My first facial, my first manicure, my first pedicure. Those are running between $35 and $70 a treatment. And like I said, the Disney spas are the only ones that are that are offering anything like that. I'm so, sorry. I think my first facial at four is wrong. I think so, too, by the way. Well, I'm not going uh, to judge. No, I will. Um, but, but at four years old, children have perfect skin and hair. Exactly. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They do. So you have what you have basically is you know you have some choices, but I've I've, I've compiled a few uh, a few tips for anybody who may not be a, a if you have never done a spa treatment before, um, if you're thinking about it and aren't sure, um, just a couple of of things I wanted to I wanted to mention. Number one, we've talked to, I've talked a bit about product. We talk about these spas. This is the hook. This is where your hundred and fifteen dollar massage. Could cost you three hundred dollars because you just had this amazing massage. They've used all this, you know, or or, or great. Assuming you've had a great spa treatment, they're going to try and sell you every product they used on you during that treatment. And I mean, Disney Cruise Line is the absolute worst for it. Yeah, because it's like it's like commando. They come in like with a thousand dollars worth of product they want you to buy. Erin Aaron had $671 worth of product she brought back to the room. I almost killed her. Well, it's, it, this is why you have to uh, be prepared for that. Be prepared for that. And if, it's not the, if, it's, if you're not really interested in spending the kind of money on that, hold your resolve because it's really, really, really tough, especially after a good massage. You just feel so relaxed. You're like, oh yes, I must buy this stuff because I'm going to feel like this when I'm home. It never works out that way. And they also they also do this thing. If you take this home and use it, you'll have beautiful skin and blah blah blah. I don't know about you, but I've never used this stuff. No, I do. I do, I do. <laughs> and never. I don't know that I have beautiful skin, but I uh, I do like it. I do like the facial pro- some of the facial products. I go through phases with it. But uh, the other another tip I wanted to mention was you're not going to be able to do all of the spa treatments if for no other reason than the cost of them. Uh, you won't be able to do all the spa treatments you would like. Um, so it's a very, very good idea to think about prioritizing the treatment that you want to get the most out of it. You know, what's more important? Do you feel like you need a facial or do you feel like you need a massage? Or is it just the mani and the petty? But have a good idea going in of what you want. The other important thing is communication. This is where, this is where if you're going to have a bad spa experience, chances are strong. It's because you didn't communicate properly with either your massage therapist or your spa technician. They're not mind readers. You've got to tell them what it is you're expecting. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that would be problematic. That would be problematic. You're getting an air massage. <laughs> but, you know, for example, you know, you have a lot of people that go in and get a massage, and they're, they're not really telling the massage therapist where their, dis, where their discomfort is. They're just going in for a massage and hoping that the massage therapist is going to fix it. Yeah, you uh, always have trouble. See now, for me, yeah, for, well, for me, it's my it's my shoulders. That's where most of my tension ends up, 
and I get these knots the size of grapefruits uh, behind my shoulder. But I mean, they get so bad that literally what I end up having to do sometimes is I lay on a couch, and Walter takes his knee and puts it into one of these knots and then just puts his entire body weight right into it. Uh, oh, it feels great. It feels, it's the only place in my body I could take that much pressure. Um, there is no pressure too great for my shoulders, and I rarely ever had to say to a massage therapist, you're going too deep. <laughs> um, usually it's the opposite problem. They're not going deep enough. But communicating that to them, this is what I do for a living. This is where my stress is. This is where I've had problems in the past, and especially if you have any back or neck conditions or any health issues, you've got to make sure you let them know that. Because there may you may have a reaction you wouldn't know about to one of the products that they use. Not not all spas have uh, deep tissue people. Well, I think almost all of them do now. Every now and again, you'll come across one that won't call it deep tissue, and that's usually because there's a liability. There might be a liability issue, so they call it a sports massage instead. Okay, because um, that's one of the things you usually right. have a problem with. Well, sports massage or deep tissue are pretty much pretty much the same thing and uh and yeah that's my that's what i do i get i get deep tissue massages the another thing that you need to remember is that and this is i I know this sounds funny but i've talked to a lot of people who have been afraid to get massages because they think they have to get naked Mm. and they don't want to be naked in front of a stranger and you just automatically assume from what they've seen on television that when you get a massage you're naked this is your money. This is your spa treatment. You decide. If you want to leave your pants on and just have them, like, do your back, it's up to you. It's up to you. I can't, you can't touch anything on me below the waist, okay? You cannot massage my butt. You cannot massage my thighs, and you cannot massage my calves. I'm too ticklish. I am all over the, the minute they touch my legs. I'm on the ceiling. That's usually my <laughs> and my whole body just tenses up, and I just get completely stressed out. So, well, I understand the buttocks, but the legs I like. No, my legs are very ticklish. Well, I'm very ticklish in general, but the legs I'm just so sensitive. When they start putting pressure on my legs, I go. That's funny. I go crazy. So, but you got to communicate this stuff to them, and I've gotten used to it now. You know, after this many times, I, I know the routine. I go in, I tell them exactly what I want. But in the beginning, I would just kind of go in there real quiet and shy and like, okay, get my massage and then walk out of there unhappy because it really wasn't what I wanted. But I never actually communicated what I needed. So Writing this down, don't touch my butt through my jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like spa appointments. I know mine, would, uh, mine would just be, don't touch me. Spray the stuff at me. <laughs> another, another like big the car wash go through. Really, another big newbie mistake. Probably the biggest newbie mistake out there is not scheduling enough time. You think you've got a fifty-minute spa appointment, you're going to be out of there in an hour. It doesn't work like that. Not if you actually want to get something out of it. I mean, you could do the drive-by spa treatment if you want and just like show up and leave, but that defeats the whole purpose. Um, I like to get there about an hour ahead of time. If it's uh, a well-appointed. Locker room, waiting room area, there's going to be a jacuzzi, there's going to be a steam room, there's going to be a sauna. And a jacuzzi is a great idea before a massage. A jacuzzi is a great idea before any treatment. Steam room is a great idea before a facial. Get you ready. And then after your treatment, you know, who wants to hurry up and get dressed and run out of there? They always have, a, they always have some kind of beverage service, usually tea, water with lemon, things like that. That's, that's there for you. As I mentioned, some of the spas also have... Uh, spa menus where you can order a light lunch but make some time I like to put an hour on either end of my spa appointments so that I'm not rushed I don't want that feeling like 
oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to be someplace at four o'clock. I just had a massage. It's only going to last a day. I might as well try and make it as enjoyable as possible. And finally, my last tip is if you're looking to put some spice into your relationship, a couples treatment is a really, really cool way to do that. Oh, yeah. Um, you can get some great couples treatments available at some at, at different spas. Not all spas have good couples packages. Cruise line does. Cruise but line. I will tell you, the Disney Cruise Line, there are none better. None better for a couples package, especially those Turkish baths. That mudroom thing. Was That's the Turkish bath. That was yeah. cool. Those are my uh, those are my tips for for spa newbies and my suggestions to you, Missy, for uh, what to do for a mother daughter spa treatment. Like I said, we're going to be doing some uh, some more segments in the future on some more de- with some more detail on each of the spas and exactly what I think of them since it's been a few a few years since I've been in a few, in some of them. So we'll be doing more on that later. But uh, I hope that answers your question, Missy, and uh, thanks for sending that in. All right, and with that out of the way, we're going to move on to Mrs. Martin, Mrs. Julie Martin, who is going to give us the latest installment in her store tour series. So go ahead, Mrs. Martin. Well, this week um, I shopped around Morocco. There are no gifts this week, guys. I'm sorry. Most of the things that I would have bought were way too expensive to buy, five or six of them. <laughs> oh, couscous. A brass camel. How can you put a price on our relationship, Julie? Hummus? Well, when the extra small mosaic fountain is $245. The yeah. extra what? Extra small mosaic fountain. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you said the extra small egg fountain. And I thought That's what I thought she said, something about eggs. Yeah. But there are actually five shops in Morocco. I don't know if you guys knew there were that many. The first one is actually across from the main area of the pavilion. It's the Sol Ak Maghreb. Forgive me if my Moroccan is not right on. We're going to have a jihad against this. Yeah, really. <laughs> we're going to be calling in. It's technically, um, it's, it's the gifts of Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> um, the things that they offer here, nearly everything in all of these stores is handmade, which I thought adds a really nice effect to the overall shopping experience. Now, the first shop actually carries everything that you're going to see in the other, other stores as well. But it's more of a small selection of each individual thing. But, of course, they have handmade baskets with leather straps. They actually look more like purses or beach bags to me, but they could be used. Um, I was even thinking maybe like a, a reusable grocery bag because they, they come in small, medium, and large size. Moroccan drums and tambourines. Um, they also sell leather backpacks called Sakados. They're all leather, and they have a small section of like needlework on the front with cool designs and things like that. Um, wind chimes with the sun as the main feature. Uh, that's only like $12. That was the most reasonably priced item that I thought saw that uh, I would actually buy. So, of course, traditional Moroccan garments for men, women, and children, dresses and tunics, um, pants and hats and shoes, and they also offer belly dancer kits, which I'm sure, Kevin, you're going to run out and get one of those, huh? No, I already have one. <laughs> and as I got well, mine at the big and tall men shop. <laughs> As well as the belly dancing instructional DVD. Oh, they have one of those? Uh-huh. So I was also thinking for you, Bob, you could get Diana that for Valentine's Day. Okay, so Day. now I have... Uh, <laughs> I no. was going to get it for myself. <laughs> I now have images of Kevin dressed up as I Dream of Gina. <laughs> and me doing a belly dance. It was some very interesting things, I thought. Um, a lot of hand-carved ceramic plates and copper plates as well, which they actually called tableau. And they have jewels on them, and you can see that they were actually etched by hand. It's really cool looking. A lot of the ceramic things remind me of some of the pieces that you have, Peter. 
in your house already, mm-hmm. you know, with carving and intricate designs. So um, I think you should go take a look at those. Is that wood wood carving? No, it's ceramic. Oh, ceramic. Yeah. yeah. They offer uh, vases, decorative serving bowls, and candlesticks. Hmm. They have a couscous pot or a couscousier. Couscousier. Was, uh, I always yeah. wondered what you called that. Yeah, it's another name for it. Can I see your couscousier? <laughs> what do you do with it? You make couscous in it, and they sell the set-off brand couscous right next to it. And they have all different types. You know, they have like tomato basil, normal. Um, normal. I don't know what normal couscous. couscous is, but, as you know. As opposed to abnormal. Yeah, as opposed to <laughs> abnormal. And, of course, they have a small selection of rugs there. And pillowcases, which actually, they're really brightly colored, as you would picture, like a Moroccan um, wall hanging with beadwork and things like that. And it's not a normal pillow, like pillow for your bed. It's more to cover a couch cushion, like a couch pillow. So those are really neat, I thought. Julie, are all these items made in Morocco? Yes. That's what was the coolest thing to me, is that everything you find here is made in Morocco. Whereas in some of the other countries, you have things that was made in, like, Massachusetts. Hey. Hey there. (laughs) I knew you were going to say something, Bob. Bob was made in Massachusetts. He sure was. They have Egyptian statues and figurines, including King Tut and Nefertiti. Henna lamps, which Corey and I both really liked. They're made from camel leather, which is stretched across these four, like, metal poles with a light inside. And then on the outside, it's decorated um, in the henna style, which I should mention. They're actually also, all over the shop. Yeah, you all can get your henna been. tattoos right next to the Sol Ak Maghreb. Brass genie lamps, incense burners, and coasters. Silver teapots. Original bronze fair shot glasses, which are made by hand, and they have uh, little intricate gold designs all over them, and they come, they have like blue, green, red, stuff like that. Also, ceramic salt and pepper holders, or I should say shakers, because that's what the sign said. And I was really confused by these, so I went and asked the little Moroccan guy in the shop, and I said, I don't understand how to use these. Because <laughs> it was basically just a little piece of ceramic with two little bowls in it and little covers that covered each side. And I picked it up, and I'm like, so how do you use this as a salt and pepper shaker? He said, you pinch the salt and the pepper, and you sprinkle it. I'm such an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) The American's going, (laughs) I'm shaking it. I'm like, I don't see any holes. I don't see any base. they they put their fingers in the bowl? Basically, yeah. They just lift up the little thing. You pinch the salt that you want, and you sprinkle it. Which I thought it was kind of neat, but... Most people aren't going to take the time to pinch the their own salt. Oh, I don't particularly want to have salt. Yeah, I don't particularly want to have salt that like fifteen hands have been in. Exactly. Mine, you know? like, okay. Usually they call them salt fillers, and they usually are. Each person has their own. Oh, okay. Oh, and they okay. throw the salt away afterwards. That makes more sense. You know, I don't know what they do with their salt. Okay. <laughs> well, the next thing I found interesting, uh, they sell rose water and orange blossom water. And they also sell these little holders or shakers. They're blue or green glass with silver accents. And they use the rose water on bed linens or on their body mm-hmm. and also in cooking, which I didn't know this. Really? I actually had to ask. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've heard of it on bed, bed, bed linens and as a, like a, a refreshing spray. And as far as food, it's normally a desserts. Okay. It's not necessarily like steak or couscous. <laughs> steak with rose water. <laughs> so <laughs> Sign me up. They have uh, the band Mo Rockin. Their DVD is available there. Oh, I thought you were going to say Mo Rocka. No, it's like called Mo Rockin. And actually, the I don't know if any of you have seen the little dancer they have, but she's a new one. And the, the older lady that used to be there, I liked her a lot better and I miss her, but she's actually in the photo of the on the Mo Rockin cover. So they also offer a children's book called What's the Matter, Habibi? <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. So you can was... immerse your child into the Moroccan culture. They have a really small fashion jewelry selection here, and they also offer um, these wooden knickknacks. It's called Thuya wood. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Which um, basically they have coasters, um, little wooden knickknacks, bowls, checkerboards, all kinds of really neat things. Now, the next door is the Brass Bazaar, and the name is self-explanatory. It's a lot of brass going on in this store. (laughs) (laughs) And it's bizarre. (laughs) The mosaic fountains can be found here. These mosaic fountains are gorgeous. They actually have them in other areas of the pavilion that are not for sale. And the largest one is like $1,500. And as I said, the extra small one is $245. Actually, my favorite item in the whole area. They have hand-painted wooden arch mirrors, which basically it's a mirror in the shape of an arch, ceramic hot plates, shoes, vases, serving bowls, and the Moroccan ta- tagine. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but basically it's a ceramic serving dish that comes with a really cool cover that looks like an upside-down funnel. And it's decorated with traditional Moroccan imagery and things like that. They have bone, resin, and glass octagon mirrors, and they're also available in a round shape. These I found really cool because they use actual bone. And I'm not sure what kind of bone. Yeah, whose? But I'm thinking it could be camel bone because in one of the other stores, they offer a camel bone and wood mirror. You can They actually cut the bone to where you can see where the marrow was. Oh. It's really weird. That is kind of. <laughs> Moroccan fossils can be found here, agates and geodes, incense for your incense burners, wooden trunks and leather ottomans with traditional Moroccan designs. They have the half-moon-shaped mosaic tables. And they sell the Sadaf Moroccan seasonings and hummus, falafel, and tabbouleh mix. Oh, I love falafel. You do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then here they have a really large selection of the Thuya wood, which is actually a better display. It's like five shelves. I don't know, Corey, like 12 feet wide. And it's all on display there. It's, it's really, really beautiful stuff. Now, the Brass Bazaar also has an outdoor area where you can find some of the same items that you found in the first store, like the tambourines and the... What's the name? It's a little tiny guitar. Ukulele? No. Sitar? No, I have the name. Gwimbri. Why didn't I remember that? It's a really small three-string guitar, and it's very rustic looking. Like, the strings are more like thread, not really a, like a, a metal string like a normal guitar. Now, this, this store, when you can hear it. I mean, it's very loud. They're blaring like this Moroccan music. Yeah. It's, it's like you're at a party. I mean, they're like... <laughs> Actually, it's more like... Sorry, do yours again. Like that. Maybe if you did them at the same time. It would sound exactly like it, probably. like Podcast Idol. But... In the outdoor area, they have ceramic tiles for sale, individual tiles. They're $3 a piece, and they're a 6 by 12 size. These are awesome looking. I mean, you could maybe a black backsplash for your kitchen or something like that or in your bathroom. I thought they were really neat. Now, one of the most unusual things I found in the outdoor area, they have a leather horse. And if I just say leather horse, I mean, what comes to your mind? Leather horse. S and M bars in Manhattan, <laughs> <laughs> but it's an actual little like toy sized horse, you know, that maybe a Barbie or a GI Joe could ride, and it's made completely of leather. So it's quite neat looking, but I just don't know what you do. So with for it. your leather Barbie or your, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what you do with for, it. What do you do with it? That's for her whip me beat me Barbie doll. <laughs> what do you do with a brass camel? <laughs> exactly. So it's a knickknack. It's a knickknack. 
But <laughs> what do you do with a girl named Maria? <laughs> uh. They also offer the beaded purses. They look exactly like the pillow covers that I talked about earlier. The same bright colors, the same beadwork, the same types of patterns. And, but they have here raffia bread baskets and hot pads, which basically are just um, made, you know, little baskets made from grass. Drums, tambourines, the finger cymbals, and the little guitar I mentioned earlier. As well as Moroccan flags and the hand of Fatima. And I'm not sure if you guys know what that is. Um, Fatima was the daughter of the Prophet Muhammad. And this is a symbol of patience, abundance, and faithfulness for girls and women who wear the necklace. And they believe that the hands of Lady Fatima will bring them good luck, abundance, and patience. It's really quite interesting. I read a little bit about it on the internet. The third shop is Tangier Trader. And they sell all of your traditional ganduras, which are women's dresses, and other clothing for men, women, and children. This is where you find the camel bone mirror that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And here they have Moroccan fine jewelry. And these are mostly necklaces, and they start at $75 a piece. They're very beautiful. Really? Mm -hmm. What are they like? What kind of material? They're like stone, stones, I would say. Semi precious. You know, they're almost that see through, like greens or blues and Mm -hmm. reds and things like that. And they also have a more extensive collection of Moroccan fashion jewelry here, where they have the belts, necklaces, bracelets, earrings, and all sorts of things such as that. Um, Handmade daggers can be found here, which are really cool. They're behind a glass case, obviously. You'd have to ask to see them. And then they have toy rifles. They're made from wood and silver, and they're painted with uh, traditional Moroccan designs and imagery. I thought they were pretty cool. I'm surprised, actually, that they're selling daggers. I'm surprised Disney's allowing that. A lot of these things uh, have to be shipped home. Okay. You yeah, that would make sense. With you. That would make a lot more sense. Definitely. I have to say, you know, d- doing these um, store tours, the cast members must think we're like the strangest tourist or they're getting audited because we'll walk into these stores and Julie will go around and she'll start writing things at every object she sees. And I'm right behind her and I'm taking a photo of every object yep. that she's talking about. And you can see these cast members not knowing what we're doing. I, th- I think one guy started straighten up. I think he thought he was it or something. He was like, cleaning up Quick, the clean counter. But the first guy in the first store actually came up to me and he says, what is this that you're doing, you know? And I said, I'm doing research. You know, I'm just researching the store, finding out what you guys have to offer. And um, he said, well, if I can be of any assistance, you know, ask me questions. And so when I came across the rose water and the salt and pepper shaker slash holder, <laughs> I asked him, which was really nice to be told that, you know, they were more than willing to help me. Yes. You know, it was quite nice. The next store is Medina Arts. Now, in this shop, there's not a cast member to help you. This is basically a very small store with nothing but the ceramic merchandise that I previously discussed. So say maybe one of the other shops, they didn't have what you were looking for. You can probably find it here. You just grab it and you bring it to someone who can help you to purchase it. The last store is Casablanca Carpets. And here they have a really large selection of carpets, small, medium, large size. And they also have packages where you can buy, like, small, medium, and large for a certain amount of money. It's just over $100, I think. And they have two different packages. Packages of what? Where you can combine your carpets. You can have, like, a small, medium, and large instead of buying just one carpet. So maybe you have... Now, these are, like, uh, area rugs. Yes. Well, some of them are, like, runners. You know, they may only be, like, two by four. Right. And then you have the bigger ones, which may be, like, five by eight or, or whatever. Do You'll, they match? They're magic yes, carpets. They match. Match. Mm-hmm. You said magical and magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can show you the world. <laughs> Here they also sell the hanging glass lanterns. You know, um, 
you see them all all throughout the pavilion. There are these really beautiful lanterns that are different colored with the brass, and they have lights inside of them. I actually collect cheaper versions of them at home. <laughs> the Marrakesh wall sconces can also be purchased here, which I thought were really cool looking. Um, more knickknacks, genie lamps, incense burners, gold elephants, um, small, just little Egyptian imageries. And then they also have these thin papers, which look like rice paper to me, with Egyptian imagery painted on them. And everything else is just a repeat of, of some of the other stores. But that's everything. I enjoyed the shopping experience, and I thought it was really cool to look at all of this stuff, but I don't know that I would have purchased anything. Really? Julie, when you do these store tours, do you notice people buying a lot of stuff? There, there are more people looking yeah, and buying. Right. There was no one at the register. Because the environment is so cool over in Morocco. I mean, you're, you can really... You're really immersing yourself in the culture, basically. Yeah, it's one of the better pavilions, I think. But it almost sounds to me like they make stuff that you almost wouldn't buy. I mean, who's going to go to Epcot and buy a fountain? Exactly. You know? Right. So um, that's another reason that I didn't buy anything. I'm, it's fun to look at, I would say, but I wouldn't spend my money on most of this. Yeah, right, so but they're, and they're also... I'm sorry, Corey, but they're also limited to, you know, they have to have their products that are from Morocco, right. that are themed around Morocco. So it kind of limits what you can offer. But I wish they would have changed up a little bit because in all of these stores you're finding the same thing with the exceptions of a few items. Whereas in France and the UK and places like that, every store offered something different. Yeah. It also didn't sound like there was any food products from the from Morocco. The only thing they offered were the seasonings and the boxed couscous, yeah. tabbouleh, and falafel. Like other pavilions have uh, candies and things like that. Yep, none of that. I don't know if they do. So it was a very different experience. I mean, it's a cultural thing. It might not be something that's in their culture. What food? They don't eat Morocco. Candies. Oh, yeah, that's true. They may not be big candy eaters. But I want to say that next installment will be Japan. Awesome. That's more like a mall. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. But I'm really excited. (laughs) That's a great store. Yeah. Great. Well, we'll look forward to that, Julie. Thank you very much. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Everybody have a great week. 